Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. We are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of GreenLink Networks, which is a voice over IP channel only. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I wanted to do this podcast was because I wanted to take that pain away from some of the new guys. I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with three employees and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're an MSP. We're currently about a dozen employees. We were originally founded in 1999. I believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share their mind share on how to overcome issues. I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago. I hope that you got a lot out of this podcast. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. Hello and welcome back to the next episode of IT for Whiskey. I'm your one of your co-hosts, Craig Hickman, along with my buds, Joe Usia and Myron Herrera. What's up? How you doing? I'm still here. What What are we talking about? Worst moments in our business history. How we overcame, overcome, and became what we are now. How do we go about doing that? That's a good topic. I got too many stories here. Not actually too many, but there are, there's probably like two or three big ones. Go ahead. Well, one time. <laughs> one time in band camp? Is that what you're about to say? <laughs> Stephanie was such a nice lady. Oh, man. Actually, you know, I got, I got one story. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of, you know, off quirks. But one, one was uh, we had an employee that this is over 10 years ago that was keeping a secret file of passwords. So, you know, we had a, a password system where we kept uh, important information and he would put a password in there. And then that actually matched to a key to another sheet that he had that had the, had the actual password. You know, when you have someone who's at such a high level of control and you're not really paying it because you know you're trusting them with it, you're not really paying attention. You're not testing the passwords per se. It wasn't until later that we figured it out. And I would call them isms and I would name his name whenever that happened where we'd run into a, a system that had a an old password that we didn't have access to that, that, I think that caused us problems for like two or three years as we slowly went through and corrected everything because there's a lot of systems it, it was great when he left I just want to say he quit the weight that like the day that he left was both great and bad at the same time because he has a, a pretty important piece to the daily from a technical standpoint. But man, the staff was so excited to have him gone. And to notice that and to see that now, now you know like you got to cut the cancer out fast or it could affect the, the morale. No, not the morality. <laughs> it does affect morale, though. No, the, the corporate morale. No, you're right. Yeah, corporate morale was definitely affected by it. And it went, it went positive. It went positive. And then there was the other one. We had this one lady. She kept having to ask off for work and because 
I think her grandmother died three or four times. <laughs> well, that's just those are just bad employment, just bad employees. <laughs> you know, the the one the one thing there is, you know, absolutely. If you got somebody that's on your team that just does not does not fit, it hurts to keep him on, even if you don't think so. Because most people, and especially in like a smaller MSP, thinks that oh, I can't get rid of them because of the workload or whatever, and they're they're forever stuck in that in that loop. Uh, the reality is that you gotta you gotta pull the plug. I would have no qualms pulling the plug on a problem because now there are so many people I could reach out to to fill that void if it were to happen. I would have no problems calling up either of you or whoever else I know just to say. I need a solution for this until we figure things out. Well, I, I think it was 2008 or something around there. And I think I've talked about a little bit about this, but we had our, our senior engineer leave us. And it, it was a tough time because, you know, obviously you have to fill, you got to fill those, those shoes. And, you know, for us, in our case, luckily the, the team, you know, they, they absorbed, they actually absorbed the position, which to me, it shows that, a lot of times the, the, the team's ready for, for the challenge and we maybe are the, the roadblock. The limiting factor, the roadblock, yeah. Yeah, the limiting factor because they, they, they were ready. The person left. I mean, he left in good terms and everything, but he left and we were afraid that, you know, how are we, we going to fill this quickly? And the reality is the team filled, filled in and we were able to uh, overcome it with very minimal disruption to the customer. Now, with that story, that there was a period right around the same time where we lost a large customer unexpectedly. And that was hard. It was hard financially. It was hard on the team because they, everybody took it personally. And it really turned out that, you know, we, we were trying to service a customer that, that didn't fit what we, what we offered. And we were trying to squeeze them into what we offered. The person wanted somebody on site. They didn't want remote. They didn't want somebody to come on site. They wanted somebody full-time there. So it was this constant battle. And when we lost it, it was a significant financial loss. And it was right around the time where we had another customer that went out of business. So it was like two businesses hit us at the same time. It was a dark time. We struggled financially. There, there was a lot of struggles. You know, we never let go of anybody because uh, that's not my, my mentality. My mentality is that we, we focus on how to grow quickly to cover cover the losses versus to cut people. That to me is too, it's too dangerous. It's, it's too harsh. But it was a difficult, difficult time. And, and I remember Giovanni and I having to not take payroll for some time. Uh, luckily, we were in a different position, you know, in the sense that we didn't have families and all that good stuff. And it gave us, we can live on the dollar menu. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but but it, was a, it was a tough time. Uh, and I think that if you look at where we are today and, and the amount of staff that we have today. No dollar menu anymore. Just charcuterie boards. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I was going to say is that the staff that's still with us, that was, that's been with us for, you know, for a long time and know that, that struggle, they appreciate where we are today a lot more than maybe some of our new staff that came in in the last few years because they've never dealt with that. They maybe don't appreciate as much what we do as owners. And, and that, that was, but that was, you know, going back to it, it was, it was just a really hard time. It was funny that you guys mentioned the stories you did because we had similar situations uh, to both of you where recently I had two employees that I had to terminate. 
both of them were people I've known forever and then some over 20 year, 25 year friendship slash business relationships. And one of them just lost his marbles and snapped on a customer. We lost the customer over and he lost his job, unfortunately. And they were a good customer too. And it wasn't the customer's fault to the point that they were so reasonable about it. They negotiated and paid the termination fees. So I was grateful for that, but still sucks losing at least 15 grand a month. So put that into perspective and that's just service revenue. And uh, the the other one was a sales rep where, you know, similar to what you were saying with passwords, you know, we, we bought a list of prospects and he went after them. And after six months, there was basically no results, not even sales meetings, nothing. So yeah, screwing the pooch maybe, I don't know. But my question to you two is, have you learned from all of this? I have. Well, the big problem was he refused to use ConnectWise and he put everything in an Excel spreadsheet. Ah, magic Excel. And that was the issue. And then he password protected the Excel spreadsheet and then refused to give us the password. We ended up taking it up. Well, like we just said, well, without the password, then you're not getting your final pay. And it went to the labor board and they arbitrated for us and it worked out in the end. And he got paid because he gave us the password. And that was just what it came down to is, uh, I'll give you your final paycheck, but... And the labor board agreed with us because he was holding our intellectual property. His argument was, that's not your intellectual property. That's mine. I worked for it. As, as he worked for you. I was like, no, actually, that's not how it works. <laughs> I paid you to do a job for our company. So whatever comes out of it, it belongs to the company, not you, right? He couldn't grasp that concept. But I will say this. A few years back, we moved offices. And when we moved, I didn't understand certain things at the time. And I thought I knew everything and negotiated it all myself. We used a broker for the actual real estate lease and whatnot. The problem we had was they were going supposed to start the leaseholds before we moved in because it was like three months of leaseholds. Well, they decided, well, no, I, you know, we go to move in. We're like, okay, like three weeks before we go to move in, we start bringing our project planners to finalize and they hadn't even started the construction. When we first moved in, it was ended up being four to five months of construction that we lived through. Completely disrupted our company. And I had to project manage the whole thing. Otherwise, nothing was getting done. So it took my eyes off the game. So the lesson I learned there is, you know what, and I won't do this again, but at the time, I just wanted to get things done. And I jumped in to do it. And let me tell you, the disruption was, we, we it almost cost us our company. We had such a fallout after that financially that it took us about a year and a half to two years to recover and for a year and a half uh, my partner and i did not take a paycheck so when you say we didn't take pay believe me i know what that's like because we we did the same thing a few years back and this last move we just did last year in we're sorry in 2019 it's almost two years now it was completely different i handled it completely differently and it went so smooth shut down friday open monday we're good to go zero impact Lessons learned, you know, leverage professionals pay a little bit more. It, it almost was detrimental. When we lost the two accounts, what we did was we focused on reaching back out to our existing customers on things that we had not sold them. And we, we bridged the gap with projects with our existing customers, almost like low hanging fruits, server upgrades, you know, new firewalls or whatever, whatever it was that the customer for XYZ reason, we expedited those things. And, you know, customers were, were 
in need of those those upgrades anyway. So that bought us time. And while we were doing that, you know, we started to go out and and hustle. A lot of networking. We started reaching out to a lot of our friends in in the chamber, and we participated in a lot of nonprofit things through that came one specific nonprofit account that turned things around for us. And out of the gate, they came with with a significant project for equipment, desktops, servers, firewall, like almost the entire infrastructure. That helped us turn things around. But it was scary. It was scary because we, we looked at it and said, is it, do we get rid of the office? Like we were looking at all the, all the things that did not have to exist to operate. With that, we moved data centers because the data center we were using was more expensive than, than where we are now. And we just kept it because that's where it was. But when it, when it came down to the dollars and cents and they really, really mattered, we started to look at, do we really have to have it here? Why are we keeping it here? And I think that's, that's somewhat happened coincidentally with in March with COVID. You start looking at, well, now we can operate from home. Oh, we can operate. Do we really need this? Do we really, you know, there was all these things that we were paying for that we don't really need. COVID brought it to light, not because we were struggling financially, but because we had to adjust. So I think uh, as a lesson, I would say that just, just look at internally first. If you're struggling to bring in cash, you know, or bring in business, talk to your existing customers, sync up with them. I'm sure that if you have a, a QBR with them, that maybe you're delaying you're most likely going to come back from with something to propose to them, which is quick money. And then while you're there, make sure you ask them if they can refer you to a potential new customer. And, and, and you're going to get through it that way until you can put your marketing and sales engine back into place. I'm not even giving it justice to how difficult the time was. How am I explaining it today? It, it was really tough. I think it's true that it's it's hard to express the heartache that you're going through, especially when it's something you don't know the answer to out of the gates, right? So when it's a new problem that you've encountered, the stress level goes that much higher, right? I don't know if, if anyone else has had hardship with respects to being able to pay back suppliers and distributors, because that, that's also very crippling to your business. When you can't pay back distribution and or credit cards uh, and or you can't pay rent, it's tough. It is really tough. And we've all gone through that type of, of situation where cash flow was so tight and you lose sleep over things and whatnot. The reality is as a managed services provider or a recurring revenue business model, things do get better and do get easier. As we all know, the question is, you know, trying to build it up and get it there. That's the, the hard part. But I agree that with what you're saying about not being able to express how complicated or how stressful it is because nobody knows the number of nights that you don't sleep, like you lie awake sleepless. And we don't, I don't even remember half of them either myself. So, <laughs> well, I don't remember half of them because of a liquid friend that I have. Oh, <laughs> what, what are we drinking today? That's a good question. You know what? Actually, I haven't had anything to drink yet. So yeah, it's just so everybody knows this episode, we're recording it earlier than normal. So drinking hasn't started yet. Maybe that's the reason why we're a little bit more coherent in how we're speaking. I don't know about that. <laughs> Craig, how about you? You've been pretty quiet. Oh, I'm sorry. I passed out. <laughs> Are you still drunk from last night? Is that what this is? No, I didn't drink last night. I, I actually, I found a bag of Cheez-Its last night. They were so tasty. You ever had these things before? What, what are they? Cheez-Its. 
Oh, no, I don't like them. Cracker cheese? I don't like them. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of them. I'm not allowed to have them. So I'm, uh, I'm on a diet. What? A seafood diet? Yeah, I'm not even, not, not even allowed to see the food. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's the diet I'm still on. It's like, uh, you know, if, if anything that COVID, if, if COVID's taught me anything, it's uh, how to put on 19 pounds real fast. You get, yeah, I got, I got the COVID-20. <laughs> right? Mmm, <laughs> right. Right. I put on muscle. You're huge, buddy. You guys see that shirt where I, uh, my kids got me for Christmas where I flexed and all my, and my sleeves flew off? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're huge. You know, my dad had a big belly. It was like hard. His belly was hard. And he was, you'd always say like, this is all muscle. (laughs) (laughs) The Molson muscle. That's what we call it. Got my one pack. You know, some people say they they aim to get a six pack. Other people want an eight pack. I just have a keg. Yes. This. Yes. I have a bourbon barrel. So what kind of uh, liquid are you drinking there, Craigie? I, I have uh, Tennessee whiskey. It's a single barrel Jack Daniels. Barrel proof. 131 proof. Oh, I got to get a bottle of that. You know, it's surprising. You wouldn't, you, you're like, oh, it's just Jack Daniels. Nah, I mean, yeah, it's Jack, but it, it's really good Jack. Uh, this is also a select bottle. It's a store pick, so it's not your normal bottle. It's very good, though. So explain, explain that to me, how that works there, because we don't have that here, you know, like a store pick. Is it like, you know, the store pick means that the guy at the cash register decided, hmm, we have too much inventory here. Let's put a sticker on this bottle and say it's a store pick and blow it out. I mean, that's highly possible. I mean, I assume they could probably just get their own stickers and slap them on there and call it a store pick and the balls would just disappear. Right, because when you think about it, what is a store pick? It's a bottle the store picks. Uh, typically, when you see a store pick, it's usually a single barrel, and so therefore, it usually has an odd proof on it, but not all. Like, if you buy a store pick Weller 107, it's going to be the same 107 proof as any other Weller 07. It's just what's different about it is the owners of the liquor store or whatever company it is, they went down and they probably tasted six different barrels and picked one of the six, and that's the one they purchased. And I think a Weller 107 barrel is probably about eight or $9,000. And then they bought all of it, probably got 180 bottles maybe, and brought it back to the store. Comes with a gold sticker on it usually, or silver, and then they um, sell it. My local liquor store, Empire Liquor, who has supplied me with some good stuff lately. <laughs> <laughs> Plug there. <laughs> they they put the bottles on top of the barrel at the store. Yeah, that they bought. Yeah, that they bought. Oh, wow, that's neat. Yeah, so they, they typically have like an area where they have the, the barrels and then they fill up the top of the barrel with the bottles. Obviously, it's not all the bottles, but you, you grab from there. They always got good stuff. You guys remember a f- few weeks back where I was trying to buy a barrel, remember? And I logged in and I was one of 8,000 in line to purchase. Now, keep in mind, I don't know how many were above me. And within 35 minutes, all the barrels were sold. Gone. I was on the list too, and I was like 10,000. In 35 minutes, everything was gone. All that's left now is I think it was like tequila and the stuff that nobody really drinks. Well, you can still get that actually. You can still buy a bottle, a barrel of tequila, aged tequila, if anybody's interested. 100 and some odd bottles of tequila. And we'll just, we'll just send them all to Ivan. I got, I got tequila. I got, I got enough tequila. I started drinking that tequila of yours, Joe, that you recommended. Peritivo? I bought a, I bought a case of that over Christmas. That's, that's some good stuff. 
That's, that's, um, I now have two of them. I have the Exranejo, the one that's a little caramel color, which is a phenomenal dessert tequila, believe it or not. And then I have the regular Anejo that's clear, and it's phenomenal as well. But the case was of extra Anejo. This bottle right here. The- yes, that's, that's it. That one right there. Yep. And it's, uh, it's so dangerous. Giovanni was here a few weeks back and, uh, and he was like, this is, this is so dangerous. Oh, it's, 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 it's a really scary tequila because it goes down so smooth. No aftertaste. No hangover either. No, because there's no sugar in it. They use agave. So I'm, I'm actually going to... An abalore? I'm, yeah, I'm pouring myself a, a abalore Casa Anama. Oh, the Anama. Yeah, it's a good bottle. That's a very good bottle. Reminds me of the time when I had two of my best buds uh, visiting me here in Dallas. You're talking about Ivan and Giovanni? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, what are your dog's name again? <laughs> uh, Ivan Giovanni. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm going to go let the dogs out here in a bit. But I'm having a little bit of this. If you, if you can get one of these bottles, I would say grab it. Do not hesitate, right? You guys have completely agreed to that, right? Oh, 100%. It's funny because that brand is one of my favorite top brands. And the other one is Dalmore. I mean, I like different Dalmores based on, you know, like each one I like differently. And yeah, I like some more than the other, but I'll take any Dalmore personally. My favorite at your house, Joe, is when we had the Deanston 18. That that was good. I can't get that anymore. You know that? And we, we put a hurt on that one. Um, I think it put a hurt on you. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, Craig, would you like to try this? I'm like, no, I would like the Deanston 18, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is I'd, I'd um, got about, I don't know how many bottles uh, when Craig came up that I had never tried before. And I went to downtown town toronto to one of the larger whiskey collections i'm like i'll take one of these i'll take one of these you know and and i just bought a bunch of things that i never heard of never tried but kind of seemed nice and clearly picked a winner uh the funny thing is that deanston 18 is is, it's gone they don't even have inventory of it can't get it blah blah blah. so when we were in dallas i bought two yeah see my challenge when we were in dallas is i can only bring back two and a quarter liters of of alcohol no not not even i don't even think i can bring that much back 1.5 i think is the limit i've never seen i've never seen it can you send me a picture i'll put it on my list it's it's a great great drink it's a good one. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to totally break the, the norm and start with something that we haven't uh, really featured too much on our show. I am drinking a Japanese whiskey today. Actually, we're supposed to record an episode about that, and it, it, we, it just has not happened. Right. So maybe our next episode will do that. So I'm going to introduce the topic today, and I've, gotten a, I've got a few different Japanese whiskeys that I've purchased over the last few months that I've been trying. This one in particular is really nice. It's called the Matsui. It's a single malt Japanese whiskey, the Mizurna cask, and it's, it's not bad, actually. I got to say, it's a little hot off the top. It's a pretty bottle. It's, it is a pretty bottle. These guys have been around since 1910. They're one of the older Japanese distilleries. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's also 96 proof, so it's just shy of 100 proof. That's where you get a little bit of the heat from, but it doesn't burn is the, the, the difference. The one thing I will say about this whiskey is it lingers. If you like the taste of whiskey, it lasts. It's not like some others that you drink it and after like 30 seconds a minute, you can't taste anymore. It's gone. It's burned away. No, this one does last a little bit longer. 
I've had maybe two Japanese whiskeys in my life. I have a bottle here and I've tasted maybe one more. I got to get more into it. Now, the only thing I have is I did go to the Deanston Distillery. And when you go to the Deanston's Distillery and you do the tour, at the end, you get to pick or pour from one of their casts your own bottle. And then you get to put the label on yourself. Nice. So that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So if I if I had access to what, which one would I be buying? There's the 12 year, the virgin oak. There's the 18 year, 14 year organic. I've tried the 14 organic. It's get the 40. Get the 40 for sure. Four grand. <laughs> yeah, the 40. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Isn't that Bitcoin money? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a fan, by the way, of the Deanston virgin oak. I didn't like it. I, I, I have a bottle at home and I bought that after you were here, Craig. And I thought, oh, let's try the blah, blah, blah. Right. And you were disappointed because I couldn't get the 18. So, yeah, I was. I was quite disappointed. And the funny thing is that bottle is always available. It's like it's inexpensive. The, the Virgin Oak is, uh, is only like thirty two dollars. Yeah, we pay 49 for it here in Canada, in Canadian dollars. So it's about the same price. It's not expensive, but there's a reason for that. I would put that on. I hate to say it. I would put it in the class of uh, Johnny Walker Black. Mm, I love Johnny Walker okay. Black. Yeah, no. Do not buy that bottle. <laughs> do not buy that bottle. The 12-year-old, uh, I'd say the 12-year-old the single is better than the Virgin Oak. And I think the Virgin Oak doesn't have an age statement on it for a reason. My feeling is they use it to break in the barrels. And then after like five years, they bottle it and then they put the real stuff in. That's what I think of it, but I don't know. And when you look at the price in Canada, fifty bucks, it's half the price of the twelve-year-old. So, well, it goes, it goes, it goes with the name. You know, if it's a virgin oak barrel, I'm gonna pull the the eight. The eighteen seems to be the highly rated one. I'll get a bottle out and try it. Maybe I'll do it for the next episode. They do have one, by the way, that I want to try the the uh, cream sherry cask. It's a 2006. Oh. We got to find that one. I know we've, we're going on and on with the stuff, but I want to remind people of maple water. Very nice. <laughs> we haven't talked about that in a long time. Yes. Especially if you're drinking it neat. Just to splash a little maple water in there. It smooths things out. So I'm going to do that now. Oh, uh, no. Just pour some Johnny Walker Black in. It'll make everything taste better. Stop. Stop it. No. Whatever you're drinking, just pour some of that in there. Upgrade. You just mix mix every bit of the bottles together, and who cares? I actually had someone contact me and say, hey, Craig, I've got half of this bottle left and half of this bottle left, and I really like this one bottle. Do you think if I mix them, that will extend the one bottle? And I was like, yes, yes, it will. <laughs> Good. Try it. <laughs> he's like, oh, it doesn't, taste, it doesn't taste nearly as good now. I'm like, oops. <laughs> Science didn't work. You know, first world problems, I guess, about, um, you know, issues in life. But wow. All righty. Well, how did he over, how did how did they overcome that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, I guess the more you drink it, the better it tastes, right? Oh, it's so much better after the fifth one. Really? Right. Imagine that. <laughs> so ultimately, guys, what you should take away is that whenever you have a challenge or a struggle and everybody knows how difficult it is personally to each other. Look for creative ways. Talk to people in the industry. I mean, there's, there's Reddit. There's all kinds of forums. Reach out. I'm sure that somebody else has gone through that experience and has been able to get through it. There's a way. Don't give up is what I'm trying to say. Call Myron. He'll help you. Yeah, absolutely. Reach out to us. Reach out to us on you know social at itforwhiskey.com. We'll, we'll definitely provide assistance. And I'm 
seeing the the three of us. If nothing else, comedy relief. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong? Oh, don't worry about that. (laughs) Drink this. (laughs) It'll be it'll be epic. Let's work on these things. Mix these two bottles together. It'll fix it. Don't listen to Craig. Rule number one. (laughs) Most likely there's a way out of whatever struggle you're going through. But that's 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 the interesting that I've noticed over the years is one door closes, one always opens. So just because you have one bad scenario, you'd be surprised how many more open up. As long as you stay positive and work on it. Don't don't get down about it. And don't surround your don't surround yourself abound with people that are negative. Negative people just pull you down. It's uncool. That's why I do not hang out with negative people. Why are you friends with Myron again? Oh, because he's not negative. That's right. It's it's rare that he's ever negative. He only gets negative when, um, never mind. When you guys are late. <laughs> <laughs> like you were going anywhere. You're just sitting at the house. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, everybody. Thank you, guys. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Let's cut it. Let's leave it right there. Please follow, you know, share, like the whole nine yards. Hit the like button. That seems to be important these days. Right? Like, 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 like. Yes. And everybody has time. Go watch my TikTok videos. They're hilarious. You have TikTok? What? No, I don't. I'm just, just. We don't even know that. <laughs> I was about to say. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think those are the two main social media that we're, we're posting on. LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. LinkedIn. Absolutely. Take care. Kevin, take it away. All right. Have a good one. That's all for this episode of IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. Please don't take your shirt off, Joe. Don't mix your bottles. Yo.